Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and welcome to another Galactic Driftwood episode. I'm I'm chuckling uh, as I was watching Seth and Chris and me and Linda dance to the music. <laughs> which, oh my god! Which Chris was quite awesome. He's like, he's like doing the sprinkler the whole. Thing. <laughs> you know, one of these days, Bill, you're gonna actually just have to record that and I put know, it out right? without telling us. <laughs> yes, the outtake. Deleted. For right. our Patreon. Right. Oh. All right. Well, I'm uh, Bill. Linda. <laughs> I'm Charles. Hey, I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. And I'm Chris. <laughs> and uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about uh, the movie 65, which stars uh, Adam Driver, that uh, man, Hulk of a mountain man. <laughs> as uh, John Oliver uh, put it. Yeah, as uh, John Oliver likes to call him. Um, <laughs> John Oliver has many different things to call Adam Driver. <laughs> he, does. he does. He does indeed. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, that movie uh, stars Adam Driver, as I mentioned. Uh, uh, there's uh, uh, a young uh, child actor in that. Uh, Ariana Greenblatt plays the character of Koa. And uh, I'll just uh, start with a quick synopsis of that movie. Um, so... After a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, Pilot Mills quickly discovers he's actually stranded. Well, I don't know if he discovers that. It says he quickly discovers he's stranded on Earth 65 million years ago. But that would have been before There's Earth no had context. Yeah, there's no context in the timing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, the audience knows it's Earth 65 million years ago, but he wouldn't he, know that. To him, he it didn't would even know there was a meteor belt there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, the, the conceit of this film is that there were other star-faring civilizations before mankind even arose. Right. Yes, and this is one of them who just happened to visit. Uh, yeah, a they happened to be passing Earth. through, right, and hit an unexpected uh, meteor swarm, which damaged his ship, um, and he crashed on Earth. Um, 65 million years ago, if any of you are fans of Jurassic Park, you'll know what the Earth was like then. Um, and uh, why, why would the computer just take them into a? I don't get that at all. What? Why would the computer just take them into the? It's like, oh, look at asteroid field. Okay, let's go ahead. No, he <laughs> he took over piloting the ship to get them I out know, of the asteroid like, field. Yeah, but the, the computer took them in. Yeah, it was on autopilot to cause the accident in the first place. Oh, right. Hey, right, so right. we'll get into this, but we'll talk about the technology. I have an explanation for that, but please. Well, okay. Yeah, I even then, why didn't he have a co-pilot? Right. I we'll mean, get into that, too. 
Yeah, yeah because us, man. Okay, hold on. Everybody stop. Bill, finish this now. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. So, um, anyway, they, they crash land on Earth. It's 65 million years in the past. And now they've got a one chance at rescue. The, the ship had an emergency escape craft uh, in the hold. And that has, uh, the ship broke up on entry into the Earth. <laughs> Jenna, you're shrinking. And um, <laughs> Sorry, continue, Bill. <laughs> and uh, when it did, the uh, part of the ship containing the emergency escape craft landed about 15 kilometers away from where the uh, main part of the ship landed, which, uh, you know, leads for an in, uh, makes for an interesting adventure as they try to make their way across an unknown terrain riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures. Do we actually know that the dinosaurs didn't have history? Well, they wouldn't be prehistoric then. Yeah, prehistoric that? refers to our history, not theirs. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And it, I, it is something of a misnomer since they're still part of history. Right. Right. Well, we've I, I think the historian here would tell us prehistoric means before written history. Written yeah. writing, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so go ahead, Chris. So 15 kilometers, roughly 10 miles for those that need a conversion, but um, I wanted to go back to, you know, this whole autopilot steering them into a meteoroid and uh, to a meteoroid field. Yeah. Um, and I just want to, you know, let's look at Tesla autopilot. Not perfect. Does some things, <laughs> but has some problems. All right. This is not like they don't depict this when we talk about this. And we're going to talk about this in this film. And, and Bill linked a great article um, in one of our internal chats of the technology and how it's displayed in this film could be a very good example for other films that they need to take lessons of, uh, which is the technology is not perfect. It's still very tangible. It's still very tactile in terms of touch, but it's still advanced. And in, in this, uh, you know, Adam driver is having to utilize what technology he has left after this crash to kind of navigate these, this, this 15 kilometers or 10 miles to get to the ship with this little girl while trying to protect him. Well, the autopilot thing, I kind of took it as it. Well, let me let me give you some context that wasn't covered in the synopsis. The reason um, Adam Driver was on this ship was to earn some extra money because he had a sick daughter. That context is very important in this film and understanding who he is and some of the actions that he takes. And, so he and goes, Chris, yeah. Might we just inject here the fact that apparently. They have the same uh, medical financial yes, arrangement exactly. as we do here on modern day Earth. Yeah. So even though even though there's just all this advanced technology, things like needing money to pay for a very sick daughter is still a thing. So he takes what equ uh, equates to like a long haul driver type job. So he's going to be gone for a couple of years. He's going to haul some stuff across the galaxy people. and then come back. And yeah, some people, people whatever. Um, and during that is when the autopilot uh, unfortunately leads them into an asteroid field and he has to take over to try and navigate out of it and shit hits the fan and they end up crashing on what we know as Earth. For him, it's just, I don't know, planet whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's kind of what, what happens with that. But um, it's interesting because, he, 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 uh, what was it, the, the language translation things are broken, so he's having trouble communicating with the young girl. Um, so they don't all, which was languages. huh? It was an interesting touch to yeah. have that. So, 
Yeah, so they they there's issues communicating that he has with the young girl. Unfortunately, um, you know, the girl doesn't know what she wants to do. She's looking for her family, and he he doesn't have the heart to tell her that you know your parents are dead. So instead, what he says is, "Hey, if we can get to this escape pod, that's where your parents are at." You know, but he's got to get this girl to come with him because it's not safe. Uh, and and we think the whole time, kind of leading up to the film and, and spoiler warnings, um, you know, that that he's going to complete this. You assume by the time we get to the end of the film, maybe he escapes. Uh, maybe they get off this planet and he makes it home and he can afford to pay for his, his daughter's uh, uh, health care thing. Well, Koa, the young girl that's with him, starts snooping through his things a little bit and is watching a series of videos that he got sent while they were on this journey. And in the very videos that he gets sent, you see uh, his daughter continues to get worse and worse while he's gone. And then we come to find out that she died while he was away. They, they weren't able to help her and they didn't get the medicine um, to, to nurse her back to health. And what was an interesting thing I felt in this film was the fact that... Um, you know, at when he first crash lands, he starts contemplating, it's all over, it's done, I should just kill myself and be done with it. Um, but I felt like he gets the second win when he has this young girl, Koa, to start taking care of, that, you know, he feels this preservation need. I have to protect this child. I couldn't, good for his own daughter. Yeah, so I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't help my own daughter, but I can help this girl. And so throughout the film, there's that bond that kind of gets built, I think, a little bit. Um, even though the girl kind of um, might not, I don't know if she's mature enough to understand what he went through and the loss of his own daughter or anything in that aspect, but she sees the videos and can see all the way up to the point where we learn that she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was a very, for a, a film with few words mm-hmm. needed to be spoken between the two main people on this planet, because there's that language barrier. Um, there was a lot of ways they managed to convey emotion and i thought adam driver did a phenomenal job on that as well as the young um girl that played uh koa i thought it was phenomenal so i'll shut up from there but um wanted some context in that background of the story yeah that was good yeah chris to your point uh specifically (laughs) i the computer tells him it was an uncharted uh Mm, yes field and i mean if if you really think about it, like space is really, really, really big. Yeah. And so like 99.9% of the time, if you've got a chart and you chart a course, like especially over two years, yeah, especially over like a two year journey, shit's going to change. Things are colliding. Things well, might be exploding. So what you think the... that if you're an interstellar, like if you're an interstellar civilization, like you're, like you would chart a path that would plan for all that, assuming your charts are good. Yeah, yeah, but wouldn't you also have like at least some sort of rudimentary radar that would look <laughs> ahead and tell you of obstacles in your path? Once again, maybe. if you're cheaping out and you only have one pilot for the whole trip, maybe you cut a little bit of the like you've got to pay a subscription for the AI navigator. And <laughs> that's like, a class A <laughs> ship you're talking about there, Bill. This could have just been a class D runner or something, you know? I suppose. But I mean, I would think there would be some sort of governmental regulation that says if you're going to fly with only a single pilot, then you have to pay the extra to have the radar. 
But they, so and, we okay, can't no, even sort that out today with semi-truck drivers. They'd be communists? Hey, no, let me speak to this. We're talking about running trains here in the U.S. with only one crew member. Yeah, yep. It has been a push um, stating that AI and all of these uh, technology, uh, new technology can take care of a train to make sure that one crew member can do it and it'll be perfectly fine. So if he has yep. a heart attack... Yeah, or she, or uh, they have a diabetic seizure. Yeah. Um, the points along will say, well, the you know that that engineer hasn't touched the button to keep it going, so it'll slow down on its own and it'll be fine. There won't be any problems. So that is not a far fetched thing to say that. Oh, there's yeah. enough technology. We're good with one person. Yeah, but but still, you've got in in the case of the trains that you were mentioning, right? You've got this technology that's at least monitoring to see if there's activity from well right i think i think in this it 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 shows that the technology even for uh 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 interstellar civilization um that is capable of interstellar travel is not perfect right right and that that's what i enjoyed about because we're 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 spoiled to a degree of what we see Mm -hmm in our Star Trek realms, right? Yeah. Right. Where where we push so far that, into the advancement that that we 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 have a hard time bridging it with our own reality today. And I think, you know, in that article that you linked, Bill, they, they kind of talk to that a little bit. Yeah. Of, no, of what what that maybe looks like. Maybe if you cross this, I mean we're used to it the way we do things, but uh, I heard that story about it's Vladimir Kamarov, the Russian astronaut that mm-hmm came back to Earth, so to speak. It, it, maybe he's from a culture like that. Oh. <laughs> okay. The KGB's just, you know, they, they know that there's something wrong with the ship, but they're not going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I mean, whatever. That would be more like, what if it was kind of like an Uber kind of thing, where like, Uber, Uber yeah, yeah. Like, give him a ship, he pilots it. They didn't. You, he doesn't know if it's maintained or not. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but again, that, that that was what I appreciated about it. It wasn't perfect. It yeah. wasn't like you just press a button and it gets fixed. Like he manually had to do something and step in and then try and figure it out. And after they crash landed, it was like, well, this is what I have left to work with. Even down to the little the what what Linda just had up. That was a very that was that wasn't like a tricorder that we're usually seeing where someone just holds up with one hand. Right. Like, you know, he has to like let go of his rifle in a very dangerous place and like manipulate this thing with both hands. And it's still a big clunky thing. It's not like mm-hmm. this little yeah, thing. I... And he's got to like, you know, he's moving it around and he was very, very tangible. And it just shows like we're, we're part of this interstellar, you know, civilization, but we still have these things these tactile that, that, that challenges. I think it was more realistic versus what what we see in a lot of sci-fi films today. I think, though, even something like bring that picture back up, Linda, that you just had up. <laughs> even if they'd have had something like that built into the ship, so that it could, so this thing, not that one, the, the other picture. I just work with it. <laughs> oh, you, okay. Well, anyway, it's the same device, but yeah. Yeah. So he's holding up this device, and it basically creates a 3D hologram mm-hmm. of what the device is seeing going on around it. I guess. Yes. Um, because at, at at a later point in the show, well, in this uh, section that we're seeing him in now, 
he's fighting a dinosaur and we see that thing gets kind of dropped on the ground and we see him and the dinosaur in combat but we're watching it from the perspective of the three yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah which was actually a really cool way to do a fight scene kind of thing yeah. going on because it's pitch black in this cave right and so he's having to fight this this raptor like creature in this cave and you're seeing it from the perspective of the scanner yeah of what the scanner is picking up happening in the room so it's just like oh no what's what's happening what's what's going on right here? and you're just hearing the so, screeches and stuff yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, that was, it was pretty a phenomenal good. way to do a fight scene but now so to but our point about the technology though if you remember the end of the film where they're in that escape pod and mm -hmm. it falls down the mountain and it gets all kinds of going on and you've got tyrannosauruses bashing the damn thing and they finally dispatch the tyrannosaurs and the 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 uh, mm -hmm. escape pod miraculously gets knocked upright uh and then it says executing auto repair yeah so i mean it's got this advanced technology to some level can automatically repair but that doesn't itself. mean right it can automatically repair itself or, or maybe something happened there but it doesn't mean that it can solve all our problems it doesn't mean that like that the automatic like just because we can do an automatic repair for one thing that oh, you know, we, we, even in IT infrastructure today, we have self-healing things. But you're also assuming that radar gives the ship permission to maybe change a, a path that 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 it just approves itself without human interaction. For all we know, it has radar, it sees the meteor field. All it knows is you're supposed to escalate this up to a human to come yeah. in and make a decision on what we want to do as right. opposed to we're just going to navigate around and let's say it All extends right. your let's say you have an option that extends it by a month <laughs> or let's say three months or maybe the only way around it is a year worth of travel it can't right. make that it might not no. be able to make that decision on what's best right i will would be my argument say. for it yeah also uh it, consider that he would have been traveling at or above relativistic velocities it's going to take a little bit of time to pump the brakes, even if you've detected yeah. it far enough out. Well, I don't know, because he, he grabbed the hand controls of that thing and was able to manipulate that ship pretty quick and turn out of the asteroid. Like, I could kind of assume that it had been slowing down for a while. Hmm. So I, w I will say that these movies have shown us that ain't nobody going to probably go into deep space successfully without a force field technology. Right. Because yeah. all the space shit, all the little stuff. It shows that, like, even, well, yeah, this, no, like, like we're spoiled by only, force fields. You it's know? only near planetary systems that you actually have to worry about that. Like, most of space is just phenomenally void. empty. Yeah. Like, you'd need some shielding against radiation and microparticles, but... But yeah, to even get out, if we're going to go see other planets, you're going to have to go through that at some point. Right. So either there has to be a new development of metal uh, that can take metal. that, uh, that is not phenomenally heavy, or we're going to need force fields. Right. So Because like that intro definitely took me back to Pitch Black, the very first one. Mm -hmm. It was done really well, too. Yeah, so like... I mean, that's just one of the problems associated with getting us to space. The, the, another being we'd need artificial gravity, which we see in the movie. And we'd need a way to survive the cosmic radiation, which we don't have. Uh, 
but yeah, the, so the movie is kind for me was kind of overall review for me. Really good movie. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> you hated the movie? Yeah. Why? Anyway, because oh, it was just so rough on poor Adam Driver. Oh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that fact because it wasn't like he had these weapons that made him untouchable or whatever. These dinosaurs were kicking his ass. No, the environment. No, was it's not his even ass. that. It's just that so many bad things happened mm. to him. Yep. And yep. he's hurt so many times in so many different ways. He barely survived. Well, and he does like, such a good job of like gritting his teeth and like making you feel that he's in pain. Yeah. Like there's wow. there's a lot of little points to me in this movie that tell you this man is a pilot. He is not a wilderness individual. Like his character is not. Like, let's hang out near a source of water. Let's sleep under right near a source of water where obviously other animals are going to come and drink that no no well jenna the that, that's another one of my comments on the movie is clearly the makers of this movie didn't really know much about nature or how the world would have worked but you can only here's the thing all right we can only go so good. far to make a movie for entertainment and whatever and taking it right. down every little detail about an environment or whatever it's like how do well, we make the story work i'm not talking about a little things. detail i'm talking the, uh, what i'm saying is he specifically landed in predator fucking valley yes <laughs> there was every single carnivorous dinosaur in the world at the time all trying to go and eat him and there, like, there wasn't a single herbivore that he or non-predator that he ran into. Oh yeah, in the whole space. There, there was one. Oh, well, what? he saved the one, the one little guy from the tar that, pit. That was that, a baby T-Rex. That, that had like teeth on it. Yeah, well, it didn't eat them right away. What is that? That's that is not it, Linda. That is yeah. a different T-shirt. That, that is. Super cute and definitely not what they ran into. That is what they <laughs> right. ran into. No. no. It was a cute little thing. No, it, was, it, was, it wasn't that cute. It was a baby okay, okay. So, Yeah. They're saving the dinosaur brings up a trope that I am tired of. And that is the stupid girl trope. Because that little girl, yeah. like if he is the only person alive and she followed him out there, he's not going to run away from him. She was definitely not a newt. No, and yeah. that's, that's yeah. like you want to talk about a little girl who survived and like knew what was up. That was Newt from Aliens too. Right. She would have saved Adam Driver's character's ass. Right. Well, mm -hmm. the, the little like, girl, like in her defense, had not seen any dinosaurs up at, when they had first seen that one that was trapped. But mm -hmm. if her parents were scientists going on this trip, they would have told her, "Hey, we're going to new planets. We're going to see things. There's going to be animals. You don't touch the fauna." <laughs> Maybe she's just not very obedient. Or her parents are dead and she's in shock. Well, she I mean, even know if they she's were in dead shock, at that point. I, I thought shock. she was. I thought she like, was actually in shock. Go after dinosaurs. Well, you I don't. Mean, we, we know that because we, we know we dinosaurs. Had, we had Jurassic Park. No, <laughs> no. Okay, this Jenna. Is... Jenna, real talk. If you had been that, if you right now 
were in were that little girl, and you were on, and you crash last landed on the planet, and you saw that little baby dinosaur in the tar, you would have gone to save it. You right now, knowing everything no. you know. Not no. Seth, this is said by the very by the very same woman that jumped down a <laughs> trap door that could have been <laughs> demise. Yep. yep. Jenna, you are genre aware, but when there's something that yeah. strikes your fancy, you're just like Dee! That's the dinosaur. <laughs> I got news for you, folks. No, no, no. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it is. Not. I'm up on their site. It is. It is 1,000% not. No. Well, I don't that, know that where they came up with that. that. We never saw that. That was probably a preliminary design. Man, like, it probably was. changed it by the time the film went up. I think Lindsay's screwed But no, I, I, just, I just think a child of a bunch of scientists who was traumatized no. all the shit would have been more it's careful and staying Right. You go to the zoo with kids, they're... I don't know about girls, but little boys aren't scared of anything. Or they'll just look, they'll go right in their shark's mouth. Yeah, that's that, it. Is that not scared or just stupid? Well, yeah, same, same <laughs> thing. You same would thing. hug a tiger cub one thousand percent. I would hug a tiger cub one thousand percent, but that's not big. The tiger cub is not bigger than me, even as a child. And I may or may not have pictures with me in a tiger cub. So sorry, I don't see a difference between what's on Discord and what I just showed. Yeah, oh, that's a completely different. different animal. No, it's not. It is. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Linda's like all dinosaurs are the same. They are. And Linda, you speciesist. I'm speciesist. <laughs> Here he is. I'm saying it's the and same they, shit. But yeah, they, there you they go. like. Like they land in a place okay. where there's not nothing but predators. Predators twenty four seven. If there's a noise in the bush, it's a T Rex. Yeah, well, yeah. Technically, it's right at the pinnacle because yeah. in a couple of hours, they're all going to be dead. <laughs> yeah, although she doesn't know that at the time. Yeah, I no. will. I will say it would have been really interesting. The actress did a good job, but she's American. If they would have found an actress who did not speak English yeah, and only knew translation what the what the general jest was, but like she wouldn't have understood what he was saying to her. Like legit, not understand. That would have been mm -hmm. pretty interesting technique to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was your favorite part of the film? Um. I mean, the, all the dinosaur scenes were really cool. Yeah. But, and it's entertaining, the ride. My problem is, <laughs> the very end, when they're rolling these credits, and supposedly we're viewing the demolished scene where the asteroid hit, they sh it would have been really cool to That's just show <laughs> it turn into the the coast and the the gulf of mexico with a mexican city in the background because that's what should have developed in that site that impact zone was in mexico or right off the coast of mexico just, so doing some nope. so taking that step would have been interesting that you've had some sort of nod some generic just missed opportunity there to really yeah in the we saw denver colorado at the end of yeah. that evolution. yeah that's true yeah yeah and up for this movie i want a sequel well that... it might have made it might have made for a little bit of an ominous end to the film if you see this 
city that's been created on the edge of this disaster that happened 65 million years ago as if the but, inhabitants there didn't realize that this was a possibility. Because they didn't. Yeah. They I know. didn't understand I know, it. right? So, um, I mean, and, that, and the fact that despite all of our advanced technology, we would not have the technology to stop something like that today. So, so they need the sequel too, I think, if they're going to make this universe make sense, uh, where this civilization, now that they've found a habitable planet, seed the planet. Right. Like, give it some time. Oh, shit. Well, Adam Driver's shuttle blew it up because they knocked an asteroid out of course. So um, we're let's seed it and see if we can make it habitable for our humans to come back. That, that would be an interesting sequel. So I had a completely different thought, Jenna. Ooh. It was like, I thought this movie was why uh, humanity had, hadn't encountered aliens yet because they had just like marked this planet off as sucks, don't go back. <laughs> right? They get there and they're like, you don't want to go back to that one. Right. That one was awful. Everything just tries to kill you. <laughs> fucking, like, Adam Driver's writing up his report as a fucking lizard world. Stay away. <laughs> Not good. So right. someone's gonna make money off of that. So yeah, they were. So never mind. So for me, I, I had a couple of favorite scenes. A lot of them did have to do with his having to fend off the dinosaurs. We talked a little bit earlier about the cave scene. Uh, I thought that was awesome because it was pitch black, and we kind of watch watch this this uh, interaction with the dinosaur through this through the uh, holographic projection from the scanner. Uh, the other one was where uh, I think he he knocks his shoulder out of his uh, oh, socket. Okay. He's having to put it back in yeah. while while the, oh, while the dinosaurs the are coming in to fend scene. off. So I this I enjoyed Adam Driver's pain in this. Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't the cakewalk. So good at this was a this was a challenge. He's having to deal with a girl that when he says don't eat something, she eats it. You know, all of that was just this big challenge that he didn't need, and he sucked it up and he did it. You know, yeah. I love the uh, the bug in the girl's mouth after she fell asleep. Oh, oh. God! Yeah. That was mm -hmm. this huge. So was it probably like a three or four inch long kind yeah. of uh, no. insect with big pincers on it, and it's crawling around on her tongue and is excreting something? I don't know. Yeah, that was awful. Uh, the shoulder. The shoulder scene that I did not like that. That was way too <laughs> realistic. There were so many ooh moments. That, that was way too realistic. Yeah. Uh, the I, I thought it was hilarious. Like the ending scene, they decided to just like show us the melted dinosaur for yeah thirty seconds yeah. to a minute at the end. Just like yeah. oh yeah, that's a that's picturesque. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when he uh, swatted the bug on the back yeah. of his neck and it's just like, <laughs> all oh. over his hands and he's got nothing to wipe it on. <laughs> he gets it stuck on a tree. Yeah, it's like the the insect's guts must have been like tree sap because he tries to wipe right? it off on the bark just, of a tree and oh. the whole bark of the tree comes off. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, prehistoric glue, we call that. <sighs> <sighs> so, so, yeah, so this movie came out in March of this year. Yeah. Uh, but the problem was, from what I read, was that it came out right as the Oscar season was getting going and all the buzz was about the Oscar nominated movies. And this movie, because it came out this year, wasn't contending yet. 
And uh, so it just hit the theaters and it didn't get any kind of buzz or excitement around it. And it, so it left the theaters, I think, barely in a week and uh. then uh, finally came out on streaming. So it almost makes me wonder if there will be a sequel just based on poor box office performance. Yeah. I don't know. You get you get films that if they pick up a cult following, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of um, fanfare. I think there was a lot of positive things to take away from the movie. It wasn't bad. Just the yeah. timing sucked. And right. and I felt I felt it was hugely refreshing from you know a, a prehistoric interstellar travel type movie. It was like it was like old and new and all in one, and it was it was good. I thought with, with two people in the film. Yeah, it, it was like a castaway type level, right? Yeah. You yeah. have to make this work. So I, I got the impression well, Charles didn't like it. No, I'm not. I'm not as big. I I I, I want to see something a little more like Land of the Lost, you know, where they're they're it's stuck here a while. This was Swiss Family Robinson. It was Nothing Robinson's. <laughs> well, I don't know. Houses, so. After another, and I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not a fan. I know I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah. All right. I, well, so go ahead, Seth. Yeah, I don't think like this is this is a movie that would get a sequel. Like, not I everything. Don't, I don't necessarily be, either think so. No. Yeah, not everything needs to be a. a a pro an ip property or a interconnected world like this this felt kind of like a one-off story mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. which i appreciated it was it was a yeah. one and done here's a story that makes you maybe think a little bit about what if right yeah Let, let's go back to what? prehistoric and let's say an intergalactic traveling race did crash down on on earth which i appreciate for the fact that if you think about it I mean, when dinosaurs were on this planet, be fucking terrifying. Yeah, like it really would have been uh, a sci-fi. Dinosaurs were terrifying. Huh? Even the chicken-sized dinosaurs were terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that every every size dinosaur was just first jump scare, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a whole ecology that doesn't think of you as a threat just thinks of you as hey, food. <laughs> right. so, so let me let me ask you this. And this this is a little bit related to to the link I put in Discord, Bill. Yeah. Is do we do we think there is, you know, intergalactic travelers somewhere outside of our solar system? You know, I I I've got to think that there are. Uh, well, there's a reason I ask this too. So. Yeah, intergalactic, I I doubt, but uh, maybe interstellar, possibly, um, probably oh. likely. I don't know, maybe not in our galaxy, but somewhere. I mean, if the galaxy truly is infinite um, and it's been around for, what is it, 13 trillion years or something like that? Like um, oh, yeah. Yeah. As far as I mean, you've got to think that there's probably, possibly innumerable civilizations that maybe have come and gone. And some of them would have uh, most likely developed some sort of at least inter in intrasolar travel like we have going to other planets within a solar system. So I think there's probably that out there. I just don't know if there's enough of it or if it's in close enough proximity that we'll ever know about it. Yeah. So the reason I bring that up is if you, if you want to pull it up, 
Bill, is there's a Harvard professor actually mm -hmm. that just recently went on this uh, sea expedition to drag up uh, some minerals or some rocks, if you will, that came from a meteor that crashed outside of New Guinea that was tracked that came from outside of our solar system. Um, and U.S. Space Command just recently the other day confirmed that these are not of anything that's within our solar system. Um, so there's an article I linked in, and Bill will bring it up here, I think, yeah, in a I'm second. But they confirmed that, you know, we did have some stuff that crashed down and they went out there and they got some cool things on the sea expedition. I'd actually been following this the last couple of months uh, when they went out and did this. Um, but they've been dragging this thing across the ocean uh, to kind of pick up some of these things. And what they found were there's some of these minerals or these materials um, that did not, you know, weren't part of anything within uh, our solar system is what they basically confirmed. Um, so it, it, it gives some thought some question to some of these things but it had some things that we were familiar with a little bit of iron a little bit of silicon a little bit of magnesium titanium and then other trace elements um and they pulled up about 50 of them or so from this area that they they confirmed where these had crashed down so you know could be alien technology could be who knows what it was um but uh it was pretty cool so they went and got government permission to you know they they did the studies and said hey this is where we want to do our expedition. Do we have permission to go here and do this and, and check it out? And so they did, but it pretty interesting article, uh, a little bit of food for thought that might a little bit relevant given what, uh, what we just watched with the film 65 and this galactic traveler coming from another part of space and crash lands here. And who knows, you know, I mean, right. the U S government has finally admitted that they have technology yes. that they can't say is human made. Mm -hmm. So, in mm. years ago, the UN created a position that was supposed to basically be, let's see if I can find that article, um, a representative to an intergalactic communication. Mm -hmm. Why would they do that if that wasn't, um, see, if they didn't feel that it's plausible? Let me see if I can find that. The talks amongst yourselves as I find it. Yeah, so um, thanks for bringing that up, Bill. But yeah, I thought it was kind of relevant when we talk about, you know, something, uh, you know, a human-like species or something from another area that came down. And, and obviously, we have to make it work. We don't know what what this what another species might look like, whether they, they represent humans or anything of that nature. Um, so obviously, it's, it's for entertainment. It's why 65 million is the way it is. But this kind of leads to, you know, hey, where did this come from? How did it make it all the way out here? Why is it made up of the materials that it is that doesn't yeah. quite make sense? So, Okay. The, the Economist, September 28, 2010. Last Sunday, it emerged that the UN was set to appoint a Malaysian astrophysicist called Maslin Othman to lead international efforts to respond to visitors from outer space. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, what, what would make you want to commit to yeah. doing that? For somebody who does that. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Well, no, no, that, that, obviously... From a, it, it is to scare the Russians. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. The that's Russians it. are part of the UN. Uh, just from a skeptical standpoint, Jenna, someone had a cousin who they needed to get a job for or else their mom was going to talk to them really sternly. <laughs> for a long time. And he's like, fine. Uh, he's ambassador to space. <laughs> I think he's doing all right if he's an astrophysicist. Well, I mean, still, like, there's reasons why it could be, like, 
I'm not saying that's why. I'm just saying I'm skeptic. Maybe just like maybe they're just getting ready because the time to have an ambassador isn't five minutes after they knock on your door. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, any last minute thoughts on the show? I liked it. Two thumbs up here. Yeah, I, I liked it. Linda liked it. Seth. It was an excellent movie, but I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't like that feeling a bit for Adam Driver. Is uh, I don't like. I didn't like watching it. It was a good movie, a great story, but oh god, I just felt for Adam Driver too much. All right, Jenna. <laughs> Entertaining yet problematic. Yeah. You liked it? Jenna. Huh? You liked it? Search. Yeah, she did. Well, yeah, I liked it. Entertaining but problematic. Okay, and Charles, you. Thumbs down. I wasn't a big fan, though. All right. No. All right. I could have gone without it. Like, let I us say, know. I recommend watching it. Yeah, yeah definitely it. recommend watching it. Let us know in the uh, comments if you liked it, what you thought of it. Um, or if you thought there was a way to improve it, like what if the, the advanced alien species that landed 65 million years in the path uh, in the past of, uh, on Earth was actually the aliens from the alien movie instead of humanoid like creatures. Oh God, dinosaurs versus yeah, Xeno xenomorphs. Yeah, oh, I'm about a xenomorph T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, let us know. Let us know what you think, and uh, we will uh, catch you on the next uh, next go round. Have a good week, y'all. See ya. Later.